we're excited about momentum. It's uh, and with um, prophets Jermaine and Rebecca, our heart is the next generation and raising up the next generation. So this year we felt like we wanted to have some of the younger generation speakers as well because part of what the Lord has us to do is to impart. He's a generational God. Come on, and imparting to the next generation. No good if we could just do it all and then we're gone and there's nobody else and I really believe you know forever church that's what we're like which raising up leaders we're raising up pastors we're raising up people to be that next generation so that it doesn't die with us come on it needs to keep going so it'll be a time not to it's always you know it's it's funny because every year we think how could it get any better than this dominion and then it's kind of we get to the end of it and we're like wow that was better than last one and you know what? That's God. If God's flowing, then it will always be better because he's always better. He's always got more for us. He's always got a greater surprise. He's always got more anointing. He's always got more something for us. So it's incredible. So I'm looking forward to it. And um, you need, it's just an event not to miss. So amen. Um, today I really want to speak about um, his truths. Um, it was just as I was praying and seeing a brand new message, seeking the Lord, I come across the word, his truths. And I believe that today you've got to know what God's truths are. You need to be grounded in God's truth. If you don't know God's truth, if you don't know what the truth, and I believe that's what happens with a lot of people that get saved and then backslide. A lot of the time they don't know God's truths. Come on, they know about him. You know, I'm even reminded about uh, the woman at the well. It's like when she went and told about the incredible miracle that Jesus had done. She said, come and hear about this man who told me everything about my life. And it's like then later on, it says that they said, we now believe because we know him. Come on, we now believe. In other words, they now believe because they know the truth. They don't just know it. So you can get caught up on knowing about coming to church, you know, feeling the anointing, being part of the anointing, and then just making it to the next week. Or maybe you go to a midweek group, you get pumped up a little more. But you've got to know his truths. You've got to know. You know, the Bible says if you know the truth, then the truth will set you free. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Father, I thank you that your word is truth. And Father, I thank you today that as we come to a time of hearing your word, Lord, let our spirit be open. Let our minds be open. Father, we put off everything else of this morning, the last week. Father and Lord, we open up to you. Have your way in our lives today in Jesus' name. You know, I want to start with, he is the God of truth. Come on, our God is the God of truth. There's no lies in him. Deuteronomy 32 verse 3 says this, For I proclaim the name of the Lord. I proclaim the name of the Lord. I declare greatness to our God. See, you've got to know that he's great. Come on, you've got to be able to proclaim that he is your Lord. He is my rock. His work is perfected. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. He's the God of truth. Come on. He's not a God of lies. He's not a God of deceit. And you know what? In today's world, there's so much lies, deceit. You know, I mean, goodness, you just got to look at our politicians. <laughs> Come on. And these guys run our country. 
And there's so much lies, deceit, and even in in the church, come on, we've had a lot of that, but God's uncovering it. Come on, he's bringing to a place. He is the God of truth. He will not stand for lies. He will not stand for things that are not just. Psalm 100 and verse 5 says this, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Come on, he's the God of truth and his truth never changes. It endures for generations. It's not a truth that's, wow, this is a revelation today and then in the next generation it's going to change. No, no, no. Our God is the same yesterday, today and forever. His truths are always truths. Man tries to change God's truths. Man tries to adjust God's truths, tries to make things different. But God's truths are God's truths, and they endure for generations. Jesus said in John 1, 4, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, he is the truth. He is the way. He says, no one comes to me except through the Father. His truth is the only way. Come on, there is no other way. There is no other way in life. You might get caught up on stuff, but God's truths are God's truths. But you've got to know them in your life. Come on, you've got to have them inside of you. You've got to have that truth set inside of you. It's not you for a season. We can have other people who can stand with us and impart the truth that they know is the truth and from their faith and from their belief. But at the end of the day, you've got to know his truth. Come on, you've got to know what you stand on. You've got to know that you believe in God. You've got to know that you know that he is your God. You've got to know that you know that he is your provider. You've got to know that you know that no matter what you're facing, he is with you. And I believe even more today, come on, in the times that we live in, you have to know that he is your Jehovah Jireh. You've got to know that he is God. Come on, if you don't know, you'll be scared. Come on, you'll be frightened. You'll be scared to do anything. If you just watch the news, if you listen to everything, you'll be afraid to go out your front door. You'll be afraid to travel. You'll be afraid to go to the movies. Come on, that's what the devil wants to do. By putting all this terror and fear out there, he wants us to shut down our lives so that we won't go anywhere, that we won't do anything. But when you understand God's truths, that he never leaves you, that he never forsakes you, that he orders your footsteps, no matter what you're going through. Come on, his truth is his truth. And as I said, it never changes. It goes on for generations. Come on, the truth that we're speaking about has gone on for generations, for thousands of years, from the time that the Bible was written. It has never changed. Although man has tried to change it. Whatever you're up against, whatever you're facing, come on, what is his truth? That's what we're, you know, that is the whole equalizer of our life. That's the equalizer of your life. Whatever you're facing today, there's not one situation in this room. The equalizer is what is God's truth? What does he say? about the situation you're in. Come on, what does he say? What is the truth? And see, this is what's happened in the church today is that we try to water down the truth. When you water down the truth, it loses its power. And then we have a group of people that are powerless. 
powerless over sin, powerless to live their life because the truth has been watered down. Always. Come on. If you're arguing about it, well, I think it's all right for this or I think it's all well in this exception. There's always an exception to the rule. No, no, there is no exception to the rule. Whenever you're trying to argue anything out, go back to the word of God. That's the, the playing field. Come on, that's it. That has everything. That equal everything out. What does God's word say? If you're going through trials, what is God's truth? Come on, what's God's truth? I like it as it's written in the Message Bible. In 1 Peter 4, verse 1, it says this. If you're going through trials, listen to this. This is God's truth. Since Jesus went through everything you've gone through and more. So you think you're having a bad day. Come on. You think that what you're going through is pretty bad. Jesus went through everything and more. And more than us. Come on. Learn to think like him. There's a key. Learn to think like Jesus. Put on, the Bible says, put on the mind of Christ. So when you're not thinking right, when you're going through struggles, you need to put on the mind of Christ. Learn to think like him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Oh, ouch. Come on. Think think as your sufferings as weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. I love how the Message Bible puts it. (laughs) Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being controlled by what you want. It's awesome, isn't it? Come on. Putting aside when things for us, what doesn't work for us, what we think's not right. Come on. And verse 3 says this. You already put in your time in that God's ignorant of the way of life, partying night after night, a drunken life. Now it's time to be done with it for good. Of course your old friends don't understand why you don't join them in the old gang anymore. But you don't have to give an account to them. They're the ones who'll be calling on the carpet and before God himself. Come on, we don't give an account to our friends for our life. We've got to put the old things aside. We've got to live for God. Your friends aren't going to like it. Some of your family's not going to like it, but you're not called to give an account to them. And you know what? Even more, more than in my 30 years of being a Christian, we need more than ever now to be walking with the Lord. More than ever. Come on. In my 30 years of being a Christian... I say more than ever now, come on, we need to walk a life with the Lord. Because if you're not walking with him, you will fear the terror by night. You will fear the terror. You'll be afraid of things. Come on, you will not have a peace. The world is crumbling. It's failing right before our eyes. Everything around, come on. I've never known, don't think it's so unstable, the world. But it's like with a message, if you didn't hear it when Prophet Greg spoke, about Goshen. We live in Goshen. And a paraphrase of that is drawing near to God. There was the Egyptians and then there was the Israelites. 
And the Egyptians had plagues and they had diseases and they had death and they had destruction. But in Goshen, where God's people live, there was zip, zilch, nothing. Come on, no death, no cattle die, nothing happened. And see, that's today. We must draw near to God. We've got to know his truth so that we can live in Goshen. And when you live in Goshen, you won't be afraid of the dark. You won't be afraid of anything else because you know that there's a line around about you. Come on. There's a line around your life, a protecting line. We live in Goshen. I live with Goshen. Come on, I live with God. Nothing. It might be happening in Egypt. And as prophet Greg said, there must have been a border somewhere between Egypt and Goshen. And you could step over. There was dark here and there was light here. That's how it is today. Come on. The world is getting darker, but we live in the light. Come on. We are protected. And verse 12 of that says this. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to conclusion that God isn't on the job. Come on, when life gets difficult, God never promised us a rose garden. (laughs) Come on, he didn't promise. But what he does promise is that when it is tough, when it is hard, he's with you. He's with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's always on the job. Come on. It says this, instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. That's a new thing for you, isn't it? Come on. Whatever you're going through today, be glad. You're in the thick of what Christ himself experienced. How, what joy is that? This is a spiritual refining process. It is a spiritual refining process. With glory just around the corner. Don't you know, see, that's the awesome thing about God. Is that yes, there's a spiritual refining, there's a fire, there's stuff going on, there's things that you're facing, but you always know there's glory around the corner. It might just be a big corner. <laughs> Come on, sometimes it's a long corner and then another corner. You know, as you go up to those mountains, Tambourine Mountain, come on, those corners never end. They never it's still a corner. You might be just in a long corner. But you've got to know that just around the corner, there's glory. Just around the corner, there's breakthrough. Why? Because that's God's truth. That's God's truth, that he's with you, that there will be breakthrough, that this is just a season. This will pass. That's his truth. But if you haven't got God, you're on a corner forever. (laughs) Waiting for the next disaster. If you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. It's the spirit of God and the, his glory in you that brought you to notice of others. I love that when I read it. Come on, count it blessing. If you're being abused, count yourself fortunate. It's the spirit of God and his glory in you that brings you to notice to people. That's why people get agitated with you. Come on. Because it's darkness meeting light. People will get, some people will just dislike you. Why? Because of God's glory in you. It's opposing forces. It 
If they are on you because you're broke, the law of distribution, the peace, that's a different matter. But it is because you are a Christian. Don't give it a second thought. Be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that name. Come on, be proud of it. Be proud of it. If you're being persecuted, you know, Paul got the revelation. He understood it because he was proud of the persecution. He says, I consider not this present suffering. Come on. He had an understanding of God's truth. He knew that there will be future glory, whether it's in this life or the next life. He understood that everything working in, there would always be future glory. When you're going through stuff, Psalm 57 verse 2 says this, I will cry out to the God most high, to God who performs all things for me. Come on, he is the highest. There's nothing higher than God. There is no authority higher than him, and he performs all things for you. He doesn't just perform some things, he performs all things. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. Come on, whatever you're going through, God will send forth his mercy and his truth. What is his truth in the situation? If you're sick, what is the truth? In Jesus' name, I am healed. Acts 3 verse 6, And Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Come on, that's God's truth. If you're sick, I am healed in Jesus' name. And what I've known, it's awesome when God just does a miracle. But what I've known, he doesn't always just do miracles. And if you look at where Jesus walked and when Jesus was with the people, he didn't heal everybody. Come on, why wouldn't he? You'd think that there were so many Jesus just go boom, 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 boom. He could easily do that. Come on, he could just walk along easy day, boom, 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 healed, 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 healed. Because he had the power and he knew. But there's more to God than just that. He's not, there was specific people that he healed. A lot of them was because, he said, because of your faith. They had incredible faith. Well, I, there's some things we just don't understand about God. Why doesn't he just, why do some people, good people die? Why do good people suffer? There's some things we don't understand about God. But you know what? My theory on all of that is, if I could work God out, then I've reduced him to a human mind and he wouldn't be God. See, God knows the bigger picture. Come on, if you could work God out, you've reduced him to a human mind and he wouldn't be God. Come on, it wouldn't be. It'd be awesome, but we don't know. You see, the thing is, every one of us, God says that he has a time for us to live and to die. I mean, it'd be awesome if we could all live to 100. And... But it's not, not all of us make it to that. So we don't know why good people die. We don't know why. But one thing I do know is that if the truth is that if I'm walking with the Lord, then the devil cannot take my life. Come on, he cannot take your life. But for some of us, we go home earlier than others. And you what? The person that goes home's never looked back. They're not looking back and saying, oh, my family's so sad, I think I better come back. 
They don't even give you another thought. <laughs> and you, wouldn't, you would be the same. Come on. You would be the same. We don't know, but we do have a promise that nothing will harm us. And that if it's our time, then we go. If it's not, then we'll stay. In Jesus' name, I'm healed. But sometimes that's the working of miracles. We've got to keep praying. There's some people we've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Years and years and years of praying. But then the miracle comes. (laughs) Come on, the miracle comes. If you're scared, he is my fortress, my safe place, my, my protection. That's Psalm 91. Nothing can harm you. Come on, these are God's truths. If you're lonely, his truths are you're never alone. Deuteronomy 31.8, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That's God's truth. Come on, we're not alone. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. See, if you get a hold of these truths, if you get a hold no matter whatever you're facing in life, if you get a hold of his truths, come on, and begin to stand on it and begin to decree it and begin to say it, I'm not alone. God, you never left me. You never forsaken me. God, you said I am healed. God, you've got a promise. Lord, I'm scared. You said that uh, there's no need to be afraid. Come on, you didn't give me a spirit of fear. See, it's knowing the truth. And it's beginning to get that in your life, establishing your life on his truths. If you're depressed or confused, what is his truth? You have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. Come on, you're not depressed. You're not confused. You have the mind of Christ. And when the opposite comes, when depression comes, when confusion comes, you need to keep speaking out. I have the mind of Christ. The truth of God is I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I'm not confused. I'm not depressed. I have the mind of Christ. See, this is what I believe is awesome. We don't know the truth. We're not living our life on the truth. If you're in a pit, God will even bring you out of that. Isn't he awesome? It says it in Psalm 40 verse 1. I wait patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. There's a bit of a key there. I wait patiently. <laughs> patiently. <laughs> you know what? God has to teach us patience. I've even begun to realize that with little Zara. She does not have patience. None whatsoever. I want it and I want it now. But it's their job, (laughs) their job, (laughs) to teach her patience. See, when your child starts demonstrating from about 18 months, which Zara is, that she hasn't got patience, as parents, it's our job to teach them patience. See, if they don't teach her patience, now I have another little grandson who's two and a half, and he has absolutely no patience because he's mummy's baby and mummy's little boy and the last baby and he's been a little bit spoiled. But now at two and a half, he just goes on and on and on and on. Hot wheels, Nana, hot wheels, Nana, hot wheels, Nana, hot wheels, Nana, hot wheels. No, you're not having hot wheels. Hot. I've just had them for three days. <laughs> 
Scooby-Doo Nana, Scooby-Doo Lolly, Scooby-Doo Lolly, Scooby-Doo Lolly, Scooby-Doo Lolly. He just keeps going on and on and on. And you end up giving in to him. Because <laughs> he drives you nuts. <laughs> but see, if you do it at 18 months, not saying anything, but... <laughs> If you teach her patience now, you see, because otherwise she learns, well, that worked. And see, Jamie's work, that, that it works to keep going on and on and on. Because eventually we all get sick of him and just give it to him. Except Papa. Papa gives him time out. <laughs> He's like, this boy's going to learn patience. <laughs> and it works. He never asked Papa for anything. <laughs> Come on, that's what God's about. He's teaching us patience. Come on, he teaches you patience. He teaches us that in our life. And for a lot of us, it's like as a baby, like I said, if it's taught, then it's a lot easier. But a lot of us as Christians, we're still babies. We didn't learn at 18 months that I have to wait. We spat the dummy, we've gone and done our own thing. And now we're four and a half years old and we still go on and on and on. We haven't learned. And God's not going to see. He's not like us. He's not just going to give it to you because you keep screaming and complaining and carrying on. He's a good daddy. <laughs> he made rules. He knows rules. He made us. He knows. So he's not going to keep giving it to you. What he's going to do is say, hang on, you need to learn patience. You didn't learn it two years ago, and now you're two years on as a Christian, and you're more of a spoiled brat. <laughs> Every time someone looks at you wrong, you get upset because you haven't learned some things. Come on. You haven't learned. See, God's about teaching. He knows what's best for it. He is the father of all fathers. Come on. He made the human. He knows what we need. So that's a key. I waited patiently. And I inclined to me. And he inclined to me. See, when we wait patiently, it says he inclined to me. So it doesn't actually say that he answered then. You were waiting patiently and he's like, okay, I hear what you're saying. And then it says, and heard my cry. See, when we wait patiently, God listens Come on, he listens and then he hears your cry. There's a process. He also brought me up out of my horrible pit. Come on, he takes you out of your horrible pit. He's truth. If you're in a pit, he'll take you out of it. Come on, he'll get you out of that pit. But some of us are in man-made pits. We're in our own little pit. Come on, we've put ourselves in the pit. We've dug the pit. We're in the pit. And the, the incredible thing is that God will take you out of the pit. But you've got to have patience. You've got to incline your ear to him. Come on, you've got to listen and he'll listen to you and he'll hear you cry. Out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock and he established my steps. Come on, that's our God. That's his truth. He's truth that no matter what hole, what pit, if it's a self-made hole, if it's a hole that others have put you in, whatever hole you're in or pit, he will take you out of it. He will lift you out of that. 
Come on, it's never too late. He will lift you out. But then what does he do? He doesn't do, he establishes you on firm ground. And he orders your footsteps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Isn't that awesome? When he lifts you out of the pit, he puts such joy inside of you. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear it. And I will trust in the Lord. See, that's the process. Waiting patiently, not being a sport, not running off every time it gets too hard, not being in and out. Come on, it's his truth. I'm established in it. He lifts you out of the pit. Come on, he hears your cry. He puts a song in your heart. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. That's the key. Come on, blessed are you who trust God. And does not respect the proud, nor such, and turns aside from lies. If you're under financial pressure, debt and financial pressure, what is God's truth? Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. That's what the truth is. That's God's truth. If you're in debt, if you're under financial pressure, God's truth is he will supply all your needs. You know, sometimes, and I believe it's more prevalent today than ever. I remember when we were growing up and first married, there was no such thing as a credit card. Wow. No credit cards. (laughs) Hard to imagine today, isn't it? And we're not that old. We're still young. (laughs) But there was no such thing as a credit card. When we wanted something, we had to save you remember that saving, <laughs> saving, taking what we get, putting money aside, saving for things. But you know, the incredible thing is that all of us had not much. Most of us had hand-me-down, grandma's bed, grandma's or, or mom, whatever. We all had, no one had much. But to today, everybody can get... Now, God wants us to have good things. And if you can earn money and have good things, that's, that's what God wants. But we don't go and borrow on credit and borrow on credit and borrow on credit just to keep up with everybody else because everyone else has got great. Everyone else has got this. God will supply your needs. Your needs according to... Come on, your needs. I know when we were going through difficult times financially in the first years of ministry with no income, totally living by faith, my needs were different to God's needs. <laughs> I thought I needed some things. But at the end of the day, I knew, I look back and think, we even through the most difficult times, close to bankruptcy at different times, we had everything. We had a roof over our head. We always had food on the table. Come on, we had everything and we learned how to, to do things. As family, we're in summertime for holidays. Our big thing was we get up at 7 o'clock, we go to the beach, we'd swim for the morning, we'd buy $2 of chips, a loaf of bread and a 20 cent McDonald's ice cream. The kids thought that was an awesome good day, an awesome, that was a good holiday. But that was according, God supplied that. That was all our kids need. You know what? I mean, just see now our oldest daughter does the same with her boys. Not all the time, but there's still some of the things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's in the penthouse. No, 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 no. 
But I, our kids will tell you they never missed anything. They enjoyed that time. The simple things come up. God supplies according to your needs. And if you've been unwise with money, God has to teach you wisdom. Wisdom, come on. If you've got you know, something the Lord spoke to us a few years ago, as he told us we need to get rid of credit card debt. There's something God just spoke to us, and if he said, it's not a good a credit card debt to just see. There's two different things. When debt for asset is good. Come on, your, your house mortgage, your, they're, they're all assets. That's good debt because it's an asset. But continual credit card debt just to go get a new dress or to do this or to keep up with it. Come on, God wants us to begin. He will supply according to your needs. Do you really need that new dress? I don't know, what do guys need? I can't think of what do guys need. The drill. Do you really need that new drill? <laughs> Thinking about it, you've got a drill that works perfect. But hey, it's not as good as Joe's drill. Joe's drill does everything. It goes faster. It's got a longer battery. But it's a good drill. Come on, God supplies according to your needs. What do you need? That's his truth. But anyway, more than declaring, come on, my God shall supply all my needs. If you feel you're not succeeding, what is God's truth? Come on, you feel like you're not succeeding in life. What is God's truth? Proverbs 16 verse 9 says this, A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Come on, God directs your steps. You're feeling like you're not succeeding. God directs your steps. That's his truth. You're feeling like you're not getting ahead. You're feeling like things aren't happening. You have to begin not to look to man, not look to blaming other people. Come on, not to think, well, if I had a better job, I'd be doing better. Because Joseph had the worst job. He was in prison. (laughs) He was in prison. But God directed his footsteps and he had favor in the prison and become the second most powerful. He became the most powerful man in the prison, which led to being the most second powerful man in the land. But he had to be in the prison to interpret the dream to become the second most powerful man in the land. And people could have looked at Joseph and thought, well, where is your God? He's not with you. He's not around about you. You're in prison. Where? And see, sometimes in our life, we can look and think, where is our God? He doesn't seem like he's with us. People around us might be saying, your God's not with you, but he directs your steps. And you need to keep decreeing that. Come on, you direct my footsteps, Father God. It doesn't look like I'm succeeding. It didn't look like Joseph was succeeding. But God was ordering his footsteps. Revelation 3, he opens doors and closes doors. These things says he who is holy, he who is true. Come on, the Bible keeps reiterating. He that is holy, he that is true. He who has the key of David. He who opens, no one shuts and shuts No one opens. God opens the doors in your life. Come on. He opens and closes them. And as many of you have heard me say before, if man opens a door for you, then man can close it. Come on. If man promotes you, if you work the system, because we can all work systems. We can all appear wonderful. Oh, I'm Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful. I'm always here. I help. You can work the system. In your workplace, in church, wherever you are, we can all work systems. 
But see, man might think at you, look, yeah, you're pretty good, I'll give you a promotion. But if you've worked the system, eventually you can't keep doing that. And your true heart and your true you will come out. That man will just demote you because you've worked a system. But see, when God promotes you, come on, when God promotes you, just as that word says, no man can shut the door. Come on, only God can do it. And that's where you have to know his truth and be secure in everything that you're doing. See, all that throughout ministry, throughout our job, we've always been secure that God promoted us. Even through the hardest times, we've always had the security. I've always known, Greg and I have always known, and Barb, our faithful Barb's always known. Us three, the three musketeers, we knew that God had called. It was pretty much us three in the beginning, and God. <laughs> but the thing was, we knew that God had given it to us. God had, therefore, God would work it, not us. Where do all lies come from? It's interesting that God is truth. Who's the father of all lies? Satan, come on. He's the father of all lies. From the very beginning, he deceived one third of the angels. Very beginning. The beginning of everything. The beginning of all together. Everyone was one big happy family in heaven. All there living wonderfully. But the devil's the father of lies. He believed, come on, he deceived one third of the angels. I mean, that's pretty incredible. You think you can't be deceived. Well, by saying, come on, he deceived a third of the angels. One thing I've watched when people get in deception, it's one of the hardest things to break. When people get into deception. Why? Because it's a stronghold. It's the devil's stronghold. If he could deceive one-third of the angels, he's pretty good. And then he deceived Eve. Come on, he deceived Eve. But he tried to deceive Jesus when he tempted him in the, des- in the desert. But see, Jesus knew the truth. Come on, he knew the truth. What did he do every time the devil came at him? Oh, go away, devil. Get out of here. I'm not going to look at you today. He didn't even... Come on. What did he do? He went back at the word of God. Every time Satan come to him with a lie. Come on. He actually came as a truth. But what Jesus did, he went back at Satan with the word of God. That's the truth of God. That's how you overcome. You go back with whatever lie, whatever deceit, come on, whatever you're believing today, whatever lie the enemy's trying to tell you, you're no good, you're this, you're that, come on, you'll never succeed, this is not, come on. What you need to do is, whatever deception's there, get back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about that situation? God's truths. John eight forty four says this, you are the father of the devil. He's a father also. You are, oh sorry, you are of your, sorry he's not a father. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in truth. Come on, the devil does not stand in truth. There is no truth in him. And that's what it goes on and says, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. 
Well, he is a father of lies. That's what he's the father of. Come on. He's the father of all lies, every lie. Come on, everything that the devil says to you that's contrary to the word of God, it's from Satan. He's always trying to get you to believe a lie. He'll never change. Come on. He always wants you to do that. He'll try and tell you it'll never get better. This is not your life. This is good as it gets. You're dumb. You're no good. You'll never have money. You'll never be this. You'll never be that. You'll never get rid of this depression. Your marriage will never get better. Your kids will never get better. Is that what the word of God says to any of those? Come on, so where is it originated from? From the father of all lies, the devil. He's the opposite to God. God is truth. His truths are established. The devil is a liar. Everything. He says it's impossible. But what does the word of God say? With God, all things are possible. Come on, with God, all things are possible. All things. It doesn't say some things. It says all things are possible. The ultimate absolute truth on every matter is what I've been saying over and over again. The ultimate, the absolute truth on every matter is what? God's word. Come on, that is the ultimate truth. God's word on every matter. You know what? You don't even have to argue things out. You see, whenever moves come through the church and different things come, and we're unsure about because some things you don't want to be, we don't want to be someone who's a wet blanket and shuts every door. But there's some things you've got to listen to. It just doesn't feel like it's God. Something just doesn't feel right. So we don't go to Google and read up everything about it. Google's become everybody's word of God. Mind you, I, I love Google. But not for things on the pertain. The word of God's my truth. Google's good to tell me how to clean this and do that and how to do that. Yeah, it's good for that. But it's not the... um, See, when you start Googling on matters of the Bible and things of God, you're going to get people's personal opinion. You're going to get lies and falsehoods and, and things like that. So we always go back to the word of God. As the ultimate truth at different times throughout the ministry. Whenever Barb, Greg and I, there's questions, what we do is the whole three of us individually, we go, we study the word of God. What does the word of God say about this? Then we come back together. What did you get? What did you get? And we always come back with the same conclusion. Why? Because we all studied the word of God. We don't come back with opposing views because we haven't got our views from Google or the latest move or the latest thread or the latest thing that's happening in church. We've got our resource from the Word of God. So when you go back to the Word of God, you'll always get the truth. And all three of you can study independently, but if you study the Word of God, you'll come back to the same truth. That's where truths end up different in the church when people are not looking at the Word of God. When they're not starting out, what does the word of God say about this? Psalm 119 verse 60 says this. The entirety of your word is truth. Come on, the whole of God's word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgment endures forever. Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. Come on, does your heart stand in awe of God's word? It's a challenge. <laughs> does your heart stand in awe of God's word? What is his truth? You see, whatever you're going through, 
There's a truth of God. And if you get a hold of that truth, you will stand on it and you'll make it through to the other side. But if you're listening, you know, you can't even listen to yourself. (laughs) Because there's an eternal war that goes on inside of us between our flesh and our spirit. Our flesh wants to dominate. It wants to tell you this. It wants to tell you that. It wants to say things to you. But if you continually have fed the flesh man, then he's going to rule. But if you feed the spirit, come on, if you feed the spirit man, are you in awe of God's word? God's word changes people's lives. Come on, I've seen from the hardest heart to the drunkardness, to the drug abuser, to the adulterer, to the no-gooder. I've seen from the hardest of hardest how God's word changes their life. Come on, God's word sets them free. God's word sets them free. We need to be in awe of God's word. You need to, whatever you're going through, come on, just don't go to so-called experts. Go, this is the expert. This is it, the word of God. You see, we get so twisted in our things by other people's opinion. Oh, naughty kids, little tantrums. Someone maybe in the church has had a tantrum. They've gone off on a doctrine and we start believing what they say and like it's the highest authority. Or our kids are throwing a little tantrum. So we then, because we haven't dealt with the little tantrums here, so then we give into it because you've got to understand the tantrums get bigger. The stakes get bigger. They start saying, if you deal with the little tantrums here, when they get up here, you've got control because you've taught them back here. In awe of God's word, what is his truths? If you're uncertain of something, what does God's word say? Psalm 25 verse 4. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in what? Your truth. Lead me in your truth. You are the God of my salvation. On you I will wait all day. There's that patience again. Come on, there's that patience. If you're unsure, wait for the Lord. Ask him. Lord, what are you saying in his word? What is his truth? Your truth. Lead me in your truth. God's truth is his word. You've got to keep his promise and his word in your heart. And speak it out. Job 22, 28 says that. If you decree a thing, it shall be established. You've got to keep God's truth in your life. No matter what you're going through. It might seem the opposite on the outside. It might look the opposite. But if you keep God's truth, if you keep decreeing it, it says you decree a thing and it shall be established. Come on, it shall be established. God doesn't say it may be established. It will be established. But see, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep believing. You've got to keep decreeing his truth. You've got to keep speaking out. You can't just, oh, well, I feel good this Sunday. I got prayed for. I'm up here. But midweek, you're back down again. No, come on. That's when you've got to draw upon his truth. That's when you've got to be strong. I mean, it's God, what does your word say? Psalm 91. His promise in due time will deliver you out of your trouble. But you know, the interesting thing is that in time it will deliver you out of trouble. But while you're in trouble, he's with you. That's how awesome our God is. He'll deliver you out of trouble, but while you're in trouble, he's with you. 
Psalm 91 verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. There's that Goshen. He who dwells in the secret place. Those that draw near to God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge, he is my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Come on, my God in whom I trust. You know, he's the only one. His truth is, he's the only one we can trust today. You can't trust the government, you can't trust your job, you can't trust your own judgment. He is the only one I will trust. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the um, pestilence. He will cover you. Come on, he covers you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield. Come on, his truth is your protection. That's what Psalm 91 says. His truth is your protection. Whatever's coming against you, come on, whatever arrows, the enemy is flying at you. His truth is your protection. It says it right there. His truth. There'll be stuff coming at you all the time. But God's truth, come on, God's truth is your protection. It is your shield. That's what's round about you. Come on, when the arrows are coming, when everything's coming at you every single way, the way that you stop those arrows, the way that you stop those things coming against you is his truth. It's your shield. Come on. And buckler, you shall not be afraid of the terror of night. Come on, if you're fearful of night, if you're fearful of stuff, God is your protector. He is your shield. When you know his truth, when you know the truth that God protects you, that nothing will harm you, then you're not afraid of the night. The devil will try and come at different times and say to you, what was that? What was that? Things will come. But when you know his truth, the Lord my God protects me. He keeps me safe forever and ever. Amen. Even though there's things falling round about me, there can be a thousand dropping dead next door, but nothing's going to happen to me. That's his truth. You won't be afraid of the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by the day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. See, God's got a covered noonday, night, day. He is with you. He's your protection. A thousand may fall at your side. You can be walking down the street and a bomb goes off here. I'm praying that's not happening. It was like us. We were in Bali. Right at the time of all the height and attack. They're saying, don't go, don't now. You've got to use wisdom. Do we go? We ask the Lord. God, Bob, to pray. Do, should we still go? Yes, go. Okay, I know that God's with me. It's going to be okay. We don't be stupid and say, God's going to go with me if I go down there to the devil's playground. If God hasn't called you to be there, then you're in trouble. <laughs> You've got to know that God's called you to go where he's called you to go. So we knew God had called us to go there. So what happens? The police unfoil a terrorist attack from our hotel. Nothing's happening because we're there. Not only were we saved, but everybody else at that hotel got saved because we were staying there. Come on. That was God's assurance. So the police found out it was on the list. The hotel was staying to it as long as three other hotels that they were going to bomb while we were there. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. See, it doesn't matter how big or what's going on. 
10,000. You might be in World War, be in World War II, but the people who knew their God was with them. Come on, there could be people falling all about, but God's with you. It says, but it shall not come near you. That's God's truth. It shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look. See, you might see the terror. You might see stuff. See, with our eyes, we can look and see what's going on in this world today. We can't walk around with blindfolds on. You can't avoid it. We live in this world. You can see what's going on. There's terror happening. There's things happening. There's stuff going on. We can see it. Come on. Only with your eyes you will look at it. But it says, and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is your refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. That's how much God protects us that we're not even going to dash, even if you dash your foot. He'll lift you up. Come on, to the littlest thing. In the hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread on the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent shall trample under your foot. See, we have authority over everything. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. There's that Goshen drawing near. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. Come on, if you're in trouble, he will deliver you. But he doesn't just deliver you from trouble. He honors you out of trouble. He was with Joseph in trouble. Our false accusations, all sorts of things. He delivered Joseph out of trouble and he honoured him to be the most second powerful man in the land. Come on, that's the promise of God. But if you don't know these truths, when you're in trouble, you will crumble, you will buckle. Come on, you will keep believing the lie. You'll entertain more lies and eventually you will succumb under the enemy and you'll be reduced to nothing. But when you know the truth of God, no matter what comes against you, you will stand on it. Verse 16, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. All our needs and desires can be found in him and his truths. Come on, everything you need. And as I quoted earlier, John 8 verse 31 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Come on, God's truth sets us free. Once you get the truth, come on, once you understand the truth, stop believing the lie. Come on, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But if you don't know the truth, you're going to keep believing the lie. Come on, you're going to keep believing the lie. Where do the lies come from? Satan. He's the father of all lies. But see, when you know the truth, when you stand on the truth, and see, that's what God's bringing us to in this season and this hour. If you're going to make it in the things of God, if you're going to keep going in the season and the darkness and what we live in, you must know the truth of God. You've got to know what he's spoken. You've got to know what he's said. Come on, you've got to understand his truth. It's by knowing the truth, then you'll be set free. What's causing you to be captive today? Come on, what's holding you back? Then whatever's holding you back, what does the truth of God say? Let's stand this morning. His truths. God's truth is the ultimate.
Come on, there is no other higher authority. There's nothing above God's truth. Nothing. But see, what it is is, most of us are a little ignorant to the truth. Or we hear it once. There's a couple of things. We can be a little bit ignorant or we hear it and we're not patient. Come on, we, we're not patient. We don't fully, see, we don't fully trust God. So we have a little tantrum to get our own way. But it's never good for you. You know, sometimes God is like us as parents. You keep being persistent in your little tantrum. Sometimes he gives in to you because I've seen it happen. I've seen God, things happen, you know, keep asking, keep asking. People get their heart's desire because that's what the Word of God says. But it just brings destruction. It doesn't bring happiness. God's truth about your situation. So come on, what is it today that you're struggling in? What is it today that you don't have an understanding in? What is it today that your mind's confused about? We need to get to God's truth. That means not being lazy, studying. If you like me, I hate studying. But it's pretty easy today with technology. Come on, I remember the early years of studying. We had to get out the concordance and the other thing and have all, it was hard work. Now it's all digital. You can just click on, you can define. You should have a good Bible program. Invest money in a good Bible program, but there's free ones that are good. Study. Get commentaries that you understand because the Word of God sets you free. It's only when you study about something, whatever your weakness is in your life, come on, study it. Study it out. Read God's truth on it because the truth will set you free. The devil wants to keep you in that bondage. He wants to keep you with and tied up. You see, because if he's got you with a lie or he's got you under a bondage or he's got you under something, you'll never be free. And he loves that. He doesn't want you to be free. But God's truth sets, it says, when you know the truth, it will set you free. One of the biggest battles in the church today is speaking in tongues and giving. Tithing and speaking in tongues. They're the two biggest battles. (laughs) Why? I believe because they're the two most powerful things because when you get financially free when you understand when you can live in fine you're not burdened you have freedom to bless others you're able to have because when you start to understand God's truth see the very first thing God so loved the world what did he do he gave see I was confused about tithing and confused about giving but I studied God's word not ex I studied God's word God what are you saying to me Some people say Old Testament, this, New Testament. No, no, no. God's word is God's word. If giving wasn't important, why did Jesus watch everything they put in? Why is money one of the most important spoken things about in the Bible if it's not important? See, I know the truth. I don't care what you try and tell me today. You will never convince me that tithing and giving doesn't work. 
I'll just say, well, poor you, you're missing out. (laughs) Because when I'm struggling financially, in the times that we're struggling, I had the promise of God that he would rebuke the devourer, that he would open the doors. See, people who've got the truth about giving, the tithing and giving, you'll never convince them because they've got the truth. But if you're bound by religion in tithing and giving, then you haven't got the truth. God's a giver. Why wouldn't we want to give to him? Give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I've never stopped giving. Even when we had nothing, we always gave our tithe, always. And God rebuked the devourer and he supplied our needs. Speaking in tongues, come on. The other controversial thing, I studied it. And better minds than me have studied it. See how the beginning came at the outbreak of tongues. If you go back and Dr. Bill Hammond's done the study on this, that a group of college kids, wasn't it? Bible college students all got together and the professor challenged them. I want you to go study the Word of God and see what it says about speaking in tongues. And what was the, the, the outpoint? What happened? And they all come back with the same answer. And as they come back and then they prayed and said, God, fill us with this Holy Spirit. And they all it broke out and they spoke in tongues. See, they got the truth and the truth set them free. So whatever you're struggling with, what is God's truth? Father, lift our hands to the Lord today. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that your truth, your truth, not what's been indoctrinated into us, not what someone said, Lord, your truth. What does your truth say about my situation? Lord, some of the examples that were covered today, debt, Lord, confused, in trouble, scared, lonely. Lord, what does your truth say about those things? Father, I thank you that we'll have a greater understanding of your truth because the ultimate thing is your truth. Your truth, Father God. Not our smart brains or someone. Lord, your truth. Lord, let that be the centre of our lives. Everything, Father. Lord, whatever. There's different ones here. You're struggling with different areas. Then your homework today. You got homework. Is go and find God's truth in His Word. Find His truth about your situation and begin to decree that over yourself until. Come on, until. You decree a thing until. Until it's established. Until it's established. Now, Father, I thank you right now. You're breaking off mindset. Father, I break every lie of the devil. Lord, we're not going to believe the lies of the enemy any longer. I break them in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now that you are all truth. Your truths are truth, Father. Lord, the devil is a liar and a deceiver. Now I break every lie from around about their lives today, Father. God, and I thank you that we will get a hold of your truth, of your truth. Father, we will not be succumbed to tangents or what people think or say or what. Father, we will go by your truth. And Lord, as we know your truth, it will set us free. Come on, it doesn't matter where you're at. You might feel like, as I said, you're in the deepest pit. But God's truth, what does he say? He says he lifts you out of that pit. 
He establishes you on firm ground and he orders your footsteps. Now, Lord, I thank you. You're lifting out of the pit today. Some of you have been stuck in pits, but God is reaching down today. He's lifting you out of that pit and his word, come on, his truth, his truth will establish you and set you free. Now, Lord, I thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus.